0: Not to see. Master came up and gave me this um, card and said, "This is our nugget today." And Father, I just yield myself to you, spirit, soul, and body. I know I've already done this today, but I am so very conscious of your presence in our midst right now. And I'm so very grateful for the people that belong to this church, that come to this church, that call this church their home church. What you're about to do in our midst and what you have been doing is we can't even imagine it with our flesh. you speak to us spirit to spirit we're so grateful this morning i sit in awe of you god so the i just shield myself spirits own body god i just Thank you, Holy Spirit. So there's no one so blind as one who chooses not to see. It's our choice. Dear God, don't. There is so much going on around us that we have to guard our hearts, church. I've had to unfriend people on my page. There's such vulgarity out in the world today that... I was with a pastor wife the other day, and I said, are we in the tribulation or what? Some of you wonder sometimes. I mean, we were just, we weren't kidding, but we were very serious. I'm going to teach this morning. God gave me yesterday to, I didn't even do the announcements, I'm sorry. If I had my choice right now, I would be on the ground. In the presence of God, just weeping um, praying together. God, help me through this today. Let's turn to Acts chapter 6. I cry through this, just know that his presence is so precious to me. I think that in my life, there's nothing that hurts me more than to see the Holy Spirit grieved. Church, he's being so grieved in this hour. Christians fighting over candidates and whatever. Jesus said, where was it, honey? I asked you for that scripture in Isaiah that the government was on his shoulders. Acts 6, 1 through 5. We don't need to find it because I'm not going to give it right now. <laughs> I got enough in front of me. Now, about this time, when the number of the disciples was greatly increasing, complaint was made by the Hellenists, the Greek speaking Jews, what a name, um, against the native. Hebrews, because their widows were being overlooked and neglected in the daily administration, man- distrib- distribution of relief. <sighs> Fighting. Complaining. <laughs> I gotta blow my nose, so we'll just turn me up. Thanks, Heather. Here we are. And in those days when the number of the disciples was multiplied, there arose a murmuring of the, Gent- of the Grecians against the Hebrews because their widows were neglected in the daily ministration. The twelve called the multitude of the disciples unto them and said unto them, It is not reason that we should leave the word of God and serve tables. Therefore, brethren, look out among you seven men of honest report. Notice the things that he says, full of the holy ghost and wisdom whom we may appoint over this business so they were aware of the fact that these men were going to have to be have honest report full of the holy ghost and wisdom who may appear up, whom we may appoint over this business but we will give ourselves continually to prayer and to the ministry of the word. And the save and the saying pleased the whole multitude. And they chose Stephen, a man full of faith, and of the Holy Ghost, and Philip, and Prochorus, and Nicanor, and Timon, and. Harmenius and Nicholas, a proselyte of Antioch, whom they s- set before. Hang on. We will give ourselves. Continue the word. And saying this, pleased the multitude. And so these people were set, whom they set before the apostles when they had prayed, and they laid hands on them. And the word of God increased, and the number of the disciples multiplied in Jerusalem greatly in great faith. And a great company of priests were obedient to the faith. Well, we know what happened to Stephen right off the bat. They killed him. Why? Because he was full of the Holy Ghost and the word. And so as we look at this, as we look at prayer today, we see that corporate prayer, number one, is on par with preaching and teaching as a priority in a healthy church. Just write a little note on your page or your paper if you're taking notes. How is my prayer life? If I look at you, I'm not looking at you and judging. And I just happen to be looking. And bless Dan, your heart, you're, you're just probably going to be the one I'm going to look at and not look around. And he and I understand each other. So I won't be accused of looking at someone. <laughs> I'm, gonna, I'm looking at you, but you're not going to accuse me. Wow. In Matthew twenty-one thirteen. by the way, I thank you both for Laurel and Dan for doing such a good job when we were gone. It's sad to me when I hear pastors say they can't go because there's no one that can take over for them. This is your church. We're just the pastors over it. We're your servants. So we're going to look at and see what Jesus talks about. What the church should be. Matthew twenty-one, thirteen. By the way, this is a series. I can't tell you. Who's going to be teaching in this series? The Holy Ghost. That's who's going to be teaching in this series. Verse 13. And Jesus went into the temple of God and cast out all them that sold and bought in the temple and overthrow the tables and the money changers and the seats of them that sold doves and he said it is written my house shall be called a house of prayer but you have made it a den of thieves it's pretty heavy and the blind and the lame came to him in the porches in the courts of the temple and he healed them There was so much junk being sold out there. So much stuff being sold out there. Can, now you, can you imagine all this? Once it was out, Jesus could move. Matthew, Mark eleven, 17. I'm really happy today. We're blessed that we made it all the way back and in, in, in there, trust me. Mark eleven, seventeen. And he taught and said to them, Is it not written My house shall be called a house of prayer for all the nations? But you have turned it turned it into a den of robbers. A den of robbers? Wow. Heavy talk, Luke nineteen forty six. Oh, my goodness. Not going to be tied down to this thing, I can tell you that right now. <clears throat> 20, uh, 45, and he went into the temple enclosure and began to drive out those who were selling, tell them, It is written, my house shall be a house of prayer but you have made it a cave of robbers. Now do you think Jesus was a little upset? Acts 6, 4. I'm going to go up to verse 1. And in those days when the number of disciples was multiplied, there rose a murmuring, and God, uh, we went through that. Um, Let's go to verse uh, 4. But we will give ourselves continually to prayer and to the ministry of the word. So, prayer and the word, have to go forth they have to be equal some people are very unbalanced they have more word than than prayer or more prayer than the word but to get the proper balance you've got to have both i thank god for brother Hagen because that's one of the main things he taught you have got to be have both. You've got to be equal in both. And, and many times you'll see one person that's over here on, on the word, but their prayer life is lacking or vice versa. Acts twelve five. we're going to see some some things that happened because of prayer people coming together and praying amen remember in acts 12 at, at, i'm going to start with verse 1 about that time herod the king stretched forth his hand to afflict and to afflict and oppress and torment some of the belo- some who belonged to the church assembly And he killed James, the brother of John, with a sword. And when he saw that it was pleasing to the Jews, he proceeded further and arrested Peter also. This was a hard week on the early church. When you think about it, James, the brother of John, has been killed. Now they've arrested Peter. This was during the days of Unliving Bread, the Passover week. And when he had seized Peter, he put him in prison and delivered him to the four squads of soldiers of four each to guard him, purposing after the Passover to bring him forth to the people. So Peter was kept in prison, but fervent prayer for him was persistently made to God by the church assembly. I want you to imagine this. I render this helpless, but they come in and kill one of us and throw the other one of us in prison. What would you all do? Scatter? Come together and pray? I hope you'd come together and pray. (laughs) the very night before herod was about to bring him forth peter was sleeping between two soldiers amazing he wasn't up all night shaking and trembling and worrying he went to sleep amen It'd be kind of hard to sleep between two soldiers especially with all these people that are watching him Fastened with two chains, and the sentries before the door were guarding the prison. Then suddenly an angel of the Lord appeared, standing beside him, and a light shone in the place where he was. And the angel gently smote Peter on the side and awakened him, saying, Get up quickly. And the chains fell off his hands. And the angel said to him, Tighten your belt and bind on your sandals. And he did so, and he said to him, wrap your outer garment around you and follow me. And Peter went out along following him, and he was not conscious that what was apparently being done by the angel was real, but he thought he was seeing a vision. That's pretty powerful. He must have been really sound asleep. And they came, and when they had passed, through the first guard and the second, they came to an iron gate which leads into the city or its own accord, the gate swung on its own accord, the gate swings open. Hmm. And they went out and passed on through one street and at once the angel left him. Then came, Peter came to himself and said, Now I really know and am sure the Lord has sent his angel and delivered me from the hand of Herod and from all, the Jewish pe- and from all that the Jewish people were expecting to do to me. When he at a glance became aware of this, Comprehending all the elements of the case, he went to the house of Mary, the mother of John, whose surname was Mark. Where a large number were assembled together and praying. And he knocked at the gate of the porch, a maiden named Rhoda came to answer. And recognizing Peter's voice in her joy, she failed to open the gate. Now can you imagine? Here he is, let me in. And she's so joyful, she doesn't even open the gate and let him in. And she goes into them (laughs) and told the people that Peter was standing before the porch gate. They said to her, you are crazy. But she persistently and strongly and confidently affirmed that it was the truth. They said, it is his angel. Now... Either they were praying in faith or they were praying in doubt. Now, why she kept trying to convince him is beyond me. Why she didn't go back and open the gate and bring him in. Think about this. We, they, we need to hone in on our prayer life Right now. And over the next few weeks or whatever, however long, we're going to know how to pray. But you got to practice it. Okay? They said to her, you're crazy. But she persistently and strongly and confidently affirmed that it was the truth. They said... It is his angel. But meanwhile, Peter continued knocking. Can you imagine how he felt? Let me in, please. What is your problem? And when they opened the gate and saw him, they were amazed. But motioning to them with his hand to keep quiet and listen, he related to them how the Lord had delivered him out of the prison. And he said, report all this to James the less and two of the brethren, then he left and went to some other place. Now as soon as it was day, there was no small disturbance among the soldiers over what had become of Peter. And when Herod had looked for him and could not find him, he placed the guards on trial and commanded that they should be led away to execution then Herod went down from Judas to Caesarea and stayed there. Powerful. Powerful. We have the word. We have the worship. But church, we gotta get, we've got to get prayer honed in now. Pastor and I both are un- we realize that we have stepped into the hour that God has called us into in the final days. We both realized it that that happened this year. And so we will be show- sharing the goals and the visions with you so you can hook on. But until we can come together as a body. And pray, we've got two feet here, and we've got the the worship and the and the word, but we need the prayer, all of us. You understand what I'm saying? So let's turn to Ephesians six eighteen. I, this wasn't what I was going to be teaching on. I didn't even know I was going to be teaching, but God said this is it so we're teaching on it this morning 618 pray at all times I'm in the amplified in every season in the spirit with all manner of prayer and entreaty to that end keep alert and watch with strong purpose and perseverance interceding in behalf of all the saints God's consecrated people. I'm going to say it again. Pray at all times. Right before it, he says, and take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit, that, that the sword of the, that the spirit wields, which is the word of God. Pray at all times on every occasion. You're going to see today where prayer and the word go together. in the spirit with all manner of prayer and entreaty, to that end keeping alert and watch with strong purpose and perseverance interceding on behalf of all the saints, God's consecrated people. And this is what you need to pray for your pastors. Verse 19, And pray also for us that freedom of utterance may be given to us, That we may open our mouth to proclaim boldly the mysteries of the good news of the gospel. For which I am an ambassador in coupling chain in prison. Thank God we're not in prison. Pray that I may declare boldly and courageously as I ought to do. Number two, praying together is a vital key to opening God's presence and allowing the Holy Spirit to work and minister to His people in unique ways. We want God's plans. I don't want man's plans. We want God's plans. We need God's plans in this hour. Three. The tendency among Christians is to think of prayer as an external. (laughs) I can't even read my writing. Activity is so very disappointing to God. In other words, as an extra. What's the word I want to say, honey? I read it to you yesterday. Like prayer in the church. Okay, I'm gonna say, I'll just paraphrase this. I'll just bluntly splurt it out. You know, prayer is something that if I want to go, I can go, and and it's not really that all that important. It's just an, another another meeting, but I can choose whether I want to or not, and it's not all that important. Y'all understand where I'm coming? So I can I can. I don't have to go. I'm going to be very blunt here because the Spirit of God told me I was to be today and so I will. I can go if I want to or I I can just send my prayer request in and I know they'll pray for it. If you are capable of being here, you need to be here along with the rest of the group Praying for your prayer request because your words praying for your prayer request has more power than pastor and mine and, and my prayers. Does it make any sense to you? Prayer is not just another service that if I want to go, I'll go. It's not how that works. The Holy Spirit talked to me a long time on this yesterday. I'm like, oh, thanks, okay. This is one of the most important times that you should be here. Because we have come together in the presence of God. And the Bible says when one can put a thousand to flight, two can put ten thousand to flight. And when we come together corporately, these prayers will be answered They have to be answered because the word of God says it, and he is not a man that he should lie. Now, I'm going to be very honest and blunt. We have fallen short in this area. And God help us. And God forgive us. But those days are over. Because all hell is breaking loose on earth planet earth right now and the only thing that's going to change it is the word and prayer and we cannot put prayer on the back burner where Jesus Christ himself said my house shall be called a house of prayer Pastor told me when I read him, the notes just a little strong. I said, I am only going to say what I got from the Lord. And I spent, what time did I finally call you to do the music? From morning till then, allowing the Holy Spirit to give me a sermon. I was going to teach on joy this morning. So, prayer meetings was a priority for the early church. It's not an extracurricular activity that you come to if you want to or not. Please. Think about it. If you have to work or something, then send your prayer request in. But if you are capable of getting up and coming to church, then you get there yourself because when God hears you praying, it has more clout than when we pray for your prayer request. Do you all understand? I'm not saying this because I do not love you. I'm saying this to you because the, one of the last things that Jesus told his disciples was, watch and pray so you will not be What? Tempted, And boy, if you don't think he went over that with me yesterday strongly, he certainly did. Many have been placed under temptation because they did not watch and pray in the time when other things were going on in their lives. Every one of us. I cannot tell you how important this is right now. This is life and death. Seriously. And God said, this is very disappointing to him. I have it written here if you want to see when I wrote it down. And I went, oh, Lord, you want me to say that? He said, yes. I don't want to hurt God. Jesus said, watch and pray that you enter not into temptation. But they were too tired. They did not take the opportunity to go and pray with him when in Gethsemane. Instead, they were more concerned about their stinking sleep than they were about him. Had they been alert and praying with him, he would have been, the time, this is what he showed me yesterday. I'm just going to be blunt. Please wake up. If you're asleep, wake it up now. Because Jesus wants you to hear it. He wants you to hear this now. If you want to shoot me after, I don't care. They were more concerned. What the Lord showed me was the time it took for him when they came to get him because they because they had not prayed and they didn't and so they ended up yielding to temptation they got upset one of them picked up a sword and chopped off somebody's ears and here Jesus knows he's already just sweat drops of blood he knows what he's about ready to do and he has to stop and take the time to go put an ear on someone that has been chopped off. That was not in his plan. But because of his great love for people, and he did not want, they all say it was Peter, they did not want, he did not want Peter to be killed at that point. He went ahead and took the ear, put it back on the person, and let him lead him away. He'd already told Peter, the cock will crow three times, you will deny me. But he gave them the greatest opportunity in the world to watch him pray in the hardest time of his life. But they chose to sleep. And the Lord is telling us today, This is not the time to sleep. There is such vicious anger and vulgarity out in the world today. I can't believe it. This is our place where we guard ourselves with the word and with prayer. So we will not fall into temptation I have seen ministers in this hour that have fallen into temptation and I will not name names but that we followed that we no longer follow it hurts pray for your pastors pray for one another Jesus said watch and pray that you enter not into temptation Matthew twenty-six forty one. You say, I don't like this sermon. Well, I love it. You don't think I got got I was I got it before you ever got it for hours. Twenty Matthew twenty six forty one. Just think to yourself, I love pastors so very much. You know, it's e- it'd be easier to be a seeker-friendly church and just tell you what you want to hear. Serve you coffee and donuts out there, and let you have have whatever out there where you can just sit out there and eat your coffee and donuts and talk to one another <clears throat> while the sermon is going on. I couldn't live before God. I could not. I could not live with myself. Twenty six forty one. It's not what he's called us to here, church. And you must keep awake, give strict attention, be cautious and active, and watch and pray that you may not come into temptation. The spirit indeed is willing, but the flesh is weak. Mark 14, 38. Say that. I'll tell you what, when we get done with this, you'll know how to pray and how to pray correctly in the name of Jesus. We all will. Time has been lost. Precious time before God has been lost because of lack of prayer. People, some say, oh, we're getting another one of those sermons. Yeah, you are. But I'll tell you, this will save your life. And who, And whatever house he enters, say to the master of the house, the teacher says, where is my guest room that I may eat? why? that was the wrong one. 1438, sorry. Watch and pray lest you enter into temptation. The spirit is ready, is truly ready but the flesh is weak. The Spirit's ready. The Spirit's always ready, but the flesh is weak. Luke thir- 21, 36. This is something they all remembered. Why do you think they all remembered this? How many of have ever really blown it? Don't raise your hand. And you learned a real big lesson that the enemy can still try to harass you with because the flesh yielded. We all have. Luke 21:36. Watch ye therefore and pray always that you may be accounted worthy to escape all these things that shall come to pass and to stand before the Son of Man. That's heavy. Keep awake then and watch at all times. Be discreet, attentive, and ready, praying that you will have the full strength and ability and be accounted worthy to escape all these things taken together together That I will take that will take place, and to stand in the presence of the Son of Man. Thank you, Jesus. You know there there are things that we've all gone through because our prayer life stunk. That could have been avoided. Now you're getting the stare. Somebody told me my eyes change color or something. Pardon? <laughs> Are they red? <laughs> 2240. <clears throat> Thank God. You know that Jesus, a lot of things that happen to us, Jesus, that was not his plan. And I'm here to tell you that a lot of things, if we'll heed to what he has to say, everything will be avoided because we will hear the voice of the Spirit in prayer. A lot of people end up getting married to the wrong person and go through years of horrible misery because they did not spend the time in prayer before God. I know pastors that are going through this right now. How do I know? Because I get the calls, okay? That are totally miserable. But they, this is what they say. I can't, I can't leave and I can't get a divorce because it would ruin the flock. That's sad, isn't it? Do you know that we have to work on our marriage? Marriage is work. If you think it's not, don't kid yourself. What was that scripture? Twenty two forty. And he came to the and he came and when he came to the place, he said to them, "Pray that you may not at all enter." into temptation and he withdrew from them about a stone's throw and knelt down and prayed, saying, Father, if you are willing, remove this cup from me, yet not my will, but always yours be done. And there appeared to him an angel from heaven, strengthening him in the spirit. Do you realize what they could have seen if they'd stayed awake? The marvelous things that they would have seen. Angels. Coming and ministering him in the spirit. Drops of blood. The way Jesus prayed. Maybe I've been reading the Bible too much. Anyway, 2240. um, 2240, Now look at verse 46. And he said to them, why do you sleep? Why do you sleep? Get up and pray. that you may not enter at all into temptation. And while he was still speaking, behold, there came a crowd, and a man called Judas, one of the twelve apostles, was going before leading them, and he drew near to Jesus to kiss him. But Jesus said to him, Judas, would you betray and deliver up the Son of Man with a kiss? But Jesus said, permit them to go so far, Jesus said, permit them to go so far as to seize me. And he touched the little insect, insign- wait a minute, we got to go up, sorry, this is where that ear gets chopped. And when those who were around him saw what was about to happen, they said, Lord, shall we strike with a sword? And one of them struck the bondservant of the high priest and cut off his ear, the right one. And Jesus said, Permit them to go so far as to seize me. And he touched the little insignificant ear and healed him. And Jesus said to those who had come out against him, to the chief priests and the captains of the temple and the elders of the Sanhedrin, Have you come out with swords and clubs? as you would against a robber. And he goes on and tells him, day after day you were with me. When I see this, I see that this was a time that Jesus had prepared to teach his disciples how to pray and how to stand against the enemy. And that time was lost. It was lost. I don't know where this train comes from. I can hear it in our house sometimes. <clears throat> when we don't pray, our fire goes out. When we don't pray, our fire goes out. Look at Jude 20. I hope you're all getting something out of this because... Dear God, I don't want to be one that Jesus said, Why are you sleeping? This, this sermon, this series of sermons, are at the right time, are being taught at the right time, right where Jesus wants them to be taught to prepare us to go forth and do the mighty works that he has called all of you that come to this church to do. And to not allow the enemy to keep you in bondage any longer about the things where maybe you've missed it. He wants to set you free. That's why we're playing that song over and over and over He's bringing you out into a wide place, and let me tell you, prayer is part of this. What did Jabez do? He prayed. Amen. What did God do? Exactly what Jabez prayed that would be done. Hallelujah. We, we hold our destiny in this. In our prayer life, and in our praise and worship life, church. As for me and my house, which is you, we will serve the Lord. I also know that's our immediate family. But we will serve the Lord. One amen? Are you in agreement with this? Amen. See, but we're small. We're not going to be small forever if we'll get on our faces and do what God's told us to do. I don't want to be in the middle of something that God's told me to do and have to pick up an ear and put it on somebody and have time wasted. This is how it is right now, church. God has this plan. He has this purpose for all of our lives. It's been spoken into existence. He expects us to complete it. And he's going to teach us how to complete those things that were spoken over us before the foundation of the earth. If we will heed to him. Hallelujah. Jude 20 if you read the book of Jude it's like the time that we're in right now read it read it this week go through it and read it okay 21 says keep yourself in the love of God looking for mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ under eternal life and have and some have compassion making a difference but let's look at what it says in 20. But you beloved. Well, I'm going to move up a little because it's important. Let's go up to, um, I was listening to Jimmy Swaggart the other day. If there's anyone on TV that I listen to, it's Jimmy Swaggart. Say, well, he blew it twice. Yeah, but he repented, okay? And he teaches about the blood. So, and he, I mean, this kind of, slapped me a little bit. He said, no Christian has the right to complain about anything. It's a sin. I'm like, you're right. And then he went on, there was more. Let's look at this a minute. (sighs) 14, it was these people moreover that Enoch in the seventh generation from Adam prophesied when he said, behold, the Lord gives to him Give, the Lord comes with my raids of holy ones, thousands of his saints, to execute judgment upon all, to convince all the impious, unholy ones of their ungodly deeds, which have committed in such ungodly ways, and, and of all severe abuse, jarrings things ungodly sinners have spoken against him. There are murmurers, grumblers, who complain of their lot in life, going after their own desires, controlled by their passion. Their talk is boastful and arrogant, and and they claim to admire man's persons and pay people flattering, compliments to gain advantage. Verse 18, they told you beforehand in the last days and the end time there will be scoffers who seek to gratify their own unholy desires falling after their own ungodly passions. It is these who are agitators setting up distinctions and causing divisions merely sensual creatures, carnal, worldly minded, devoid of the Holy Spirit and destitute of any higher spiritual life. But you, beloved... You, me, everyone in this room, beloved, build yourselves up, founded on your most holy faith, making progress, rise like an edifice higher and higher, praying in the Holy Spirit. Guard and keep yourself in the love of God. Expect and patiently wait for the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Messiah, which will bring you unto life eternal. Hallelujah. Praise God. So he's telling us, you, beloved, pray in the Holy Ghost. There are a growing number of believers who view prayer meeting as optional or just send their requests when they could be there. I already said that, Lord, thanks again. Let's look at the apostles. Number one, they had prayer meetings together. It was a high priority for a a healing church. Acts 6, 1 and 2, let's go back there. Praying together was a high priority. Why? When you pray together, you get to know each other. You get to love each other. One can put a thousand, two can put ten thousand. You know, we, this is not the hour to go A-W-O-L. What does that mean, honey? Absent without leave. Is that right, John? Is that what they taught you? Absent without leave. Acts 6. Come on, get to Acts, sister. I don't want to be AWOL on the list. Now, about this time when the number of the disciples was multiplied, and we went through this, the 12 called multitudes. Okay, so we see here that, you say, are you going through this again? If I have to, we see that they were called to prayer and the word, that the word and prayer would continue steadfastly. Praying is easy. Say, no, it's not. Praying is easy if you're in the spirit. How many know that? I could teach Rodney's first sermon that talked about cannibals and you don't want to be fat because in Africa, they have cannibals. Did you guys hear the Sunday sermon yet? Pastor's been listening to it and I was like, I can't believe it. But that's not what God wants me to teach on. Okay? I'm going to get to the meat of the thing here so that we can just go right for it. There are... The cannibals? No, I'm not going to the cannibal. What part? <laughs> the meat of the thing. The pastor says the cannibals. Oh Lord, few people know what I had to live with. Sometimes you would never believe it. Acts one thirteen. Let's look there. What did Jesus tell them to do? he told them to go up to the center room, this inner room, go up to this upper room and stay there. And do what? Sit around and look at each other and tell jokes. No. And when they had entered the up, <clears throat> when they had entered the city, they mounted the stairs to the upper room, where they were I- identified indefinitely staying, indefinitely staying. So they all were going to stay together indefinitely. How would you like us all to go in a room and we're all going to stay there indefinitely? I hope you bring your toothbrush and your toothpaste. Indefinitely. They had no idea how long. Think of this. Okay, folks, we're going to, those of you that went with me to Prayer Mountain, you know what we went through. First thing what the they told me was Christine was going to turn green and die on us, because she'd fasted too long. Really faith place, you know? This was the people around it. So indefinitely they're here. And Jesus said, "Go and stay there and wait. Wait, watch, pray and wait. Amen. Peter and John and James and Andrew, Philip and Thomas, Bartholomew, Matthew, James, son of Alphaeus, and all these, and all these women, plus Mary, the mother of Jesus. She was there praying. They prayed together. And what happened? God miraculously came down, in the power of the Holy Ghost, and moved mightily. And they all received the baptism of the Holy Spirit with the evidence of speaking in other tongues, in the languages of those that were out there. And they said, what are the, why are these people praying in our language? And, Jesus, and Peter stood up and said, we are not drunk as you suppose. But we are very full of the Holy Ghost. Would like to have had a tape recording of that day. We'll get to see it all in heaven, I'm sure. And then we see that... <clears throat> oh, I'm off my notes completely. Thank you, Jesus. We see that this growing number of people comes together and they begin to pray. They began to seek the face of of God continually. And God begins to move. The more they came together and prayed, the more God moved. There are 37 times where it talks about prayer in the... I want to get there. 37 times and sometimes plural about the same thing where it talks about prayer. But 33 of them were were addressed to the number of people rather than singular audience. Out of 37 times where prayer is mentioned, 33 of them were corporate prayer where they came together. What does that tell you? When you've been in all-night prayer meetings, we've been in all-night prayer meetings. You know, when someone snores, you have to slap them or whatever, you know. You know, our church used to have all-night prayer meetings. Get ready, you just never know. You say, well, for you, it'd be easy, because I can stay up all night. But God wants to do something, and I want to go here now, and I want to read something. I said all that, which I have not said half my notes, to read you this, so you can enlarge your tent posts. Amen? This was amazing to me. I don't know about all of you, but I'm ready. Corporate Prayer in History. Is everybody awake? There are so many examples of how corporate prayer was the springboard for the sweeping movement of God. Let me mention a few. In 1857, America was riding the wave of a strong economy. And as tends to be true in times of prosperity showed a radical decrease of interest in the things of God. Do you think we're here there there now? I just got a call from my son. One week he's hiring 50, the next week he's firing 20. The other day he called and he said, I've already hired 20, today I have 20 more I need to hire. Every time the interest rate goes down, he hires. Every time it goes up, he has to fire them. So we're getting ready right now. We all know what the economy looks like. We need to pray for the next president. As as tends to be true in times of prosperity, showed a radical decrease of interest in things of God. Church, that's where we are right now. Okay? Unless you don't know and didn't know that... Not us, but other places, okay? There was a layman named Jeremiah Lampier. I'm probably not pronouncing his name right, whose concern led to a call for prayer. This is in 1857. He tacked up a notice in New York City calling for a weekly prayer meeting on Wednesday from noon till one at a rented space on Fulton Street. You know, just, you know, those days they didn't have cell phones, they didn't have phones, they didn't have TV, they didn't have any. So he tacks up this note, okay? The first prayer meeting was on September 23rd, 1857. Only six people came, and they didn't arrive until just before 1230. So there shoots half of the hour. The next week, the attendance jumped to 20. The numbers continued to climb week by week. Then October 10th, so this was on September 23rd, only six people came. On October 10th, the stock market crashed and a financial panic ensued. Trouble had its humbling effect and the hearts of many turned to spiritual matters. It wasn't long until somewhere between 10 and And 50,000 businessmen were meeting every day in New York City to pray at noon. By week 15, the meetings moved from weekly to daily. Dear God, I pray that it does not take this. But I want to be ahead of the game. You understand where I'm saying? we need as a body to already be in motion. So, the stock market crashes. Now we have 10, between 10 and 50,000 business meeting, daily meeting in New York City at noon. By week 15, the meetings move from weekly to daily. In 1858, the prayer movement leaped to every major city in America. Started out with one note, six people showing up a half hour late to every major city in America. Powerful. The second great awakening swept our land. Estimates are that a million Americans out of the population of 30 million at the time were converted in less than two years. Can you see this? Because I can. Get ready to play that tape when I tell you. 30 million people, you don't have to go back or there, they don't know this thing by now, there's something really wrong. 30 million people converted in less than two years. That's powerful, I, I understand, Dan. 30 million. And it all started with prayer. Prayer. Reese Howell, a Welch coal miner, journeyed to South, South Africa as a ministry, missionary in 1910 in response to an increasing burden from the Lord. Six weeks after arriving, he joined in a prayer meeting. Out of that came the sweeping work of the Holy Spirit in which they had two revival meetings a day for 15 months and all day on Friday. Thousands were converted as a result. I could tell you story after story how corporate prayer became a springboard for the mighty movement of God. But there's one more proof. Right now, now listen to this. This is really powerful. Right now the gospel is sweeping the globe at a rate that is unimaginable. Rodney Howard Brown has been in Africa. And then he's right now, I believe he's in India and they and they showed pictures of the meetings people were out under umbrellas in the midst of traffic getting saved hungering and thirsting after after god Avery Willis the VP of IMB has reported that statistically most of the people who have ever been saved in history were saved during the 20th century. Willis suggests as high as 70% of the total number of people who have been saved throughout the world history have come to Christ in the last 100 years. That's us. I got saved during the Jesus movement. We were called Jesus freaks. That was okay. But get this, 70% of that number has been saved since 1945. Let me boggle your mind with one layer of observation from the world missions expert. 70% of those, see if you're in this number. I was born in 45, so saved since 1945 were saved since 1990. How many of you have been saved since 1990? Got to count on your fingers here a little bit, okay? What does that look like in Nepal? Just 2,000 Christians were known in 1990. Ten years later, the number has grown to half a million. Cambodia claimed only 600 believers in 1990. There is reported 60,000 today. Thank you, Jesus. In Korea, during the 20th century, the country advanced from being 2% Christian to about 40% Christian today. This one is just wonderful. East Africa is experiencing one of the greatest movements of God in history. In Uganda alone, HIV AIDS once claimed the lives of one-third of the population The World Health Organization predicted the complete collapse of the Ugandan economy by the year 2000. Prayer. But revival has come to that country. With the salvation of many has come a transformation in morals so that AIDS is down to 5%. So great is this revival that one church alone went from seven in attendance... To an average of 2,000 in just two weeks. Enlarge your tent. Currently, the same church has a membership of 22,000 and has planted 150 other churches. Get a smile on your face. This is exciting. say well this could be boring no it's not to me this is exciting souls are God Jesus wants everyone saved in almost every quarter of the globe Christianity is advancing do you hear about that on the news nope they're going to tell you how bad it is we don't we have to watch what we hear right think about this Except for four primary areas. Now listen up. Ready? North America, Japan, Australia, and Western Europe. Guess which one of the common denominators is everywhere Christianity marches forward? Christians spend time in prayer together. Track what God is doing in Korea in China, in India, in East Africa, and you will find behind-the-scenes prayer meetings. I know what we're all thinking, probably. Our prayer meetings don't seem to convey that sort of party, sort of power. (laughs) You're right. But that's about to change. As long as I'm one of the pastors of this church... And he's one of the pastors of this church. And you, I know how, know, know how to pray. It is about to change. There's more than six people here. Over the next sev- se- several weeks, you will see some strate- stra- strategic shifts and how we will spend our time on Wednesday nights in prayer get ready how many can how many can say i can i mean at least i can see it some of it we jabez prayed that prayer god honored that prayer I cannot live with myself unless we do what God's called us to do and this church is called a house of prayer. So when you get yourself ready, start praying in the Holy Ghost. When we come together, I don't want the statistics for North America that we see, for America. We are preparing to go into an end Time, revival. I don't care what the news says. I don't really, whatever, let the sinners be sinners. God is about ready to move. I don't know how he's going to do it, but he does. All I know is that he's called us to pray. He's called every one of us to be here. I'm not calling some 40-day fast yet. (laughs) But we need to come together. There are people that you work with and come in contact with daily that will spend eternity in hell unless they find Jesus. I don't want to see this. We don't have to go through all this stuff, stock market, the whole thing fall, if we get on it now. Do you understand what I'm saying? We don't have to, we don't have to go with the statistics. We can get on it now. So God said, but we can't do it alone. My goodness, I'm 70 and a half. I go back to what Jesus said. Sarah herself will receive strength to conceive seed. If I'd known what he meant back there when he gave that to us, and someday I'm going to bring you the book that it's all written in. Because you are going to start hearing the vision, the way this church is going, and it has to start with prayer. You want to see souls? Can you imagine... Um, one week your church is, how many was it? I'm trying to find it. Seven in attendance, and it went to 2,000 in just two weeks. Do you realize that it's going to take the power and the anointing of the Holy Spirit to strategize what we will do with them? Think of it. I see this whole city, this whole region, this whole country taken for Jesus. Play the tape and then we're gonna do communion. Because when we take communion today, I will, we're late, I'm aware of that. I just looked at it. Time doesn't matter to God unless he has a plan and we're messing it up. Which he does, and we have, all of us, and those days are over. But I want you to hear, it. go ahead, Whitney, put the, weir- the, words, the words up. Are you excited? I mean, um, stand up, John, and tell me what happened to you really quick while they're getting this together when you went out soul winning with the group from Rodney and what happened yesterday. He doesn't know I'm doing this to him. He's probably going, "Thanks." <laughs> Talk a little louder so they can hear you. We went out and used his his flyer one time. There was seven of us, and three of them were children. Fifty people got born again in an hour and a half. Was it an hour and a half? And one person was afraid and ran and hid somewhere and didn't do it. (laughs) I won't tell you who. It wasn't me. (laughs) Play it, sister, please.